I go back to get the response results of my, um, you know, the spinal tap and I brought my dad with me and he was like, you know, I'm sorry to tell you, you have relapsing, remitting MS. Um, don't worry. Like you, you, you will have a full life. It's not the end of the world. He made sure to tell me that immediately. But like I write in my book, like when I like my body like left, essentially when he told me the news, I was just like, what? Um, And then like only when my dad like hugged me that I came back into the room and I was like, wow, like this is my reality, Um, which it was really scary. (laughs) And welcome to another episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of our autoimmune diagnoses, but ultimately how we thrive in spite of it. I'm your host, Edie Sahesian. I was diagnosed in 2015 with multiple sclerosis. I've learned a lot about MS in myself over the past few years, but the most important thing I realize is that I am going to live my best life. And that is what thriving means to me. But what thriving means to each person is different. And that's what we explore on this show. My core values are growth and humor. So my goal is to learn a bit and enjoy ourselves while we're building community. MS and other autoimmune diseases tend to be a bit of a bummer if we let them. So why not battle back by finding our joy? Let me know if you can relate to the following. You're newly diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. You don't know where to turn, where to look for help, what to cling to and you're desperate for some answers. That was me, 100%. I wish someone had handed me my next guest's book to help guide me a little bit and give me some direction. Let me know that I wasn't alone. Please join me in welcoming Ashley Radcliffe, the author of Jesus Year, to our show. Let's chat it up with Ashley. Today, I am speaking with the one and only Ashley Radcliffe, the author of Jesus Year, which really illustrates her journey through her first year after being diagnosed with MS. Ashley writes in her book, I have a YOLO, you only live once mindset that has led me to take chances that I would never have thought taking because I felt as though my time here was endless. So Ashley, I know that your perspective has changed so much since your diagnosis. Thank you for being here with us today. Thanks so Um, much for having me. We would love to hear about your diagnosis story, if you're willing to share. Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, I write about it. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So it all started, it was um, September 2017. And I was at a work event and I uh, do photography for my job. So I was on my feet for like three hours straight covering this event. And uh, my feet were just starting to feel a little like tingly. And I just thought, oh, I've been on my feet all day. It's like nothing is, you know, out of the usual. And then like the next day, it just wouldn't go away. And so I had to get on a flight 
uh, like the day or two later to go to a conference uh, that my work was participating in. And um, yeah, when I got there, it was just like, what is going on with me? Like my left foot, it just felt like I was walking with like an ankle weight on it. It was just like so heavy and like I couldn't like walk properly. And then, so we have, we're hosting a happy hours for this uh, women in engineering conference uh, down in Florida. And so we're hosting a happy hour and I'm up on my feet, you know, taking photos and the wobble comes on the song, the wobble. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to do the wobble. And I could not, like, I was like trying to dance and like my foot just like was hating on me. Like it would not like, (laughs) let me be great. Like I could not dance. And so I was like, okay, like, this is awkward. So like, let me take a seat. And then like, I just like sat down for a little bit. And uh, I just was like, this is really off. And then like, when I got home, uh, I went, you know, I booked an appointment with my primary care doctor. And then like, you know, a week later, so I got to see her and she was like, well, like, I'm not a specialist. So I have a good friend who's a podiatrist. And so she uh, sent me over to a, her podiatrist friend. Uh, and so I saw the podiatrist a few days later and he did everything. He x-rayed me. Um, he said nothing looked broken. He like examined my leg and he thought, oh, maybe like there's like a pinched nerve or something or something like maybe you tweaked your knee or you hit it on something and you don't remember and it just is flaring up. So he sent me to a chiropractor and the chiropractor, after I did an x-ray of my back and then a a lower lumbar MRI, um, it showed what he thought was a herniated disc in my L4, L5 disc. And so we started treatment for a herniated disc. And so um, I, he then recommended I see a physical therapist. And so I was in physical therapy for a good while, like maybe three or four months. And I would feel great after I leaving the session with the therapist, but like the next morning it would be like my, my leg was just numb and like tingly and something wasn't adding up. And so my physical therapist recommended that I see another doctor, uh, like a neurologist or a neurosurgeon or someone else. She even gave me the recommendation of her fancy neurologist from like Cedar sinai I'm like, that's, oh. that's not within the network, but <laughs> I will give it a try. He, of course he was booked, but, um, mm-hmm. so, I then, you know, but this whole time I was seeing the chiropractor and like having, you know, regular checkups, checkups with him. Mm -hmm. And he, um, in the meantime, we had done some nerve um, tests where they do like the thing where they stick the needle in your like, you know, your extremity. So they stuck a needle in my leg and it was like hooked (laughs) to like this um, machine that basically it um, tests your nerves reaction to the like the shock, essentially, it was like, okay. was, it felt like I was being fried from the inside, it, like was so painful. And so I did a few of those tests. And I was just like, I don't think like, you, you keep saying they're normal. I don't want to do another one of these. Like, I don't think it's that I'm going to go see a neurosurgeon, I have an appointment with a neurosurgeon, and then he flipped. He got really upset with me, which I found like very alarming because he was like, no, like you don't need to see a neurosurgeon. They're just going to tell you that, you you know, if you have if you need surgery on your back and we already know you don't need surgery on your back. So like, why are you wasting your time? And I'm like, I need answers like I'm I, I need <laughs> I, I'm going to seek every like, op, you know, other opinion that I can get because I something's not adding up. I've been seeing you for so long and, you know, I've been in physical therapy and she thinks the same thing. So. 
when well actually in reality when he told me that the first time I was like oh like I felt like so small and then I ended up canceling my appointment like oh he's right like you know I believe the lie and then I was like you know what he's not the one who's in pain like he can walk normally he is living a normal life and you know I'm the one who's suffering so f that I'm gonna go and reschedule my appointment and thankfully I was able to see the neurosurgeon pretty quickly and I had sent um I had asked the office to send over my you know my uh, uh, my x-ray and my lower lumbar MRI. And so as soon as mm-hmm. I walk in the ortho, uh, the orthopedic surgeon was like, you don't, he saw the way that I was walking and he was just like, you don't have a low, uh, like a herniated disc. Like that's not what you have. So like, let's take a look. He opened my scan and he was like, yeah, I don't, I'm not seeing these like herniate, this herniated disc that your, your chiropractor is seeing. Like it doesn't, look triangulated he was using all these terms the chiropractor was he said yeah there's a lateral triangulation in my l4 l5 disc and you know i can't read mris but he said it's there uh and he was like no i think you know i think it's uh something that's more in line with a demyelinating disease and i was like what does that mean and he was like oh well you know not to freak you out but like you know, diseases like that are like in the, the MS family. And I was like, so I'm going to have, I have MS. He was like, well, I don't want to alarm you. I just want to let you know, like, it looks very suspicious of that. I can't tell you for sure. So we need to get you another, um, MRI. We're going to, he did a MRI of my, uh, neck and of my brain. And, um, then he, you know, was of the, well, and then also at the same time, he then recommended, I see a neurologist. So he recommended a neurologist and I thankfully was able okay. to see the neurologist pretty quickly. And at, at the same time, we had ordered the MRI of my brain and of my neck. And so when I got the brain MRI, um, that's when the neurologist was like, yeah, it's, you, there's some lesions. Um, it, I, I'm pretty sure what you have is multiple sclerosis um, I just want to be extra sure. So I'm going to order a lumbar lumbar puncture, a spinal tap, which freaked me out. I'm like, what? Uh, so yeah. then we got the spinal tap and um, the results came back. And it has like, um, if there's a certain, um, I can't even pronounce it. If there's a certain fluid in your spinal, uh, if there's a certain band in your spinal fluid, then that's like pretty evident, uh, pretty good evidence that you have MS. So then... I go back to get the response results of my, um, you know, the spinal tap and I brought my dad with me and he was like, you know, I'm sorry to tell you, you have relapsing remitting MS. Um, don't worry. Like you, you, you will have a full life. It's not the end of the world. He made sure to tell me that immediately. But like I write in my book, like when I, like my body like left Essentially, when he told me the news, I was just like, what? Um, And then like only when my dad like hugged me that I came back into the room and I was like, wow, like this is my reality, Um, which it was really scary. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it, it, it must have been, especially with those lingering symptoms that hadn't gone away. And you're like. Is, is this going to stay there right. forever? He let me know. The neurologist let me know, like, you know, it will, you will feel better. Uh, you know, I'm, we're going to get you on some medicine. And then that starts like the phase two of my, <laughs> my journey where I got on a first medicine. Uh, 
I had an allergic reaction to that medicine, broke me out in hives and just pimples and everywhere. And then we moved on to another uh, injectable medicine. And uh, that's what I've been on since uh, July 2018. And have you had no new lesions since then? Yes, no new lesions. Praise the Lord. So, yes, I had. So after that, it was so I started the medicine July uh, 2018 and then July 2019, I had an MRI just to just check and see how the medicine was doing. And then I had no new lesions, no active lesions. And then I had an MRI um, on Cinco de Mayo of this year. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I just had my appointment last week with my um, neurologist and he said, still no active lesions, no new lesions. So it's a really good report as best as I could have asked for. So I'm really grateful. Absolutely. Whenever I'm on like a community group or something on social media and somebody says no new lesions, you know what's going on for that person, right? Yeah. And how just happy they feel to be able to say that because you're always wondering mm -hmm. when you go because you might have lesions and you don't have any symptoms. Right. It doesn't mean you don't have a new activity. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Hashtag no new lesions. Hashtag That's no what I'm lesions. sticking to. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so to start reading the excerpt from the book, um, I'm on page 203 for those following along. So um, Ashley writes, family means well, but sometimes they can overdo it. In this case, my dad really did the absolute most. I get that my father is battling his own grief and having a hard time with the new reality of his daughter living with an incurable disease. I get that he needs a space to vent and share his concerns. I just don't appreciate the manner in which he let out his emotions to whom he chose to commiserate with about them. So tell me a little bit about what was happening and why you needed to set boundaries with your dad. Yes, I love my dad. We've gotten over that, like, you know, little rough patch. But um, he... Uh, we're just telling everyone just like, Hey, my daughter has MS. And like, so he had told my, uh, stepmom's sister, um, who I hadn't talked to in a while. I have no ill will towards her. It's just like, I literally hadn't talked to her in like maybe a decade, uh, you know? And so she leaves me a voicemail and he didn't mention like, Oh, I, I talked to, you know, your auntie. And like, I let her know, I just get this, e this voicemail out of the blue from my aunt who I hadn't talked to in a really long time. And she's just like, oh, you know, your dad told me about your MS. And, you know, it was a very sweet message. I appreciated the gesture. But then at the same time, it was just like, I'm processing my condition like daily. So some days when I'm just like, you know, having a good day, the last thing I want to hear is like a random voicemail from someone like, you have MS sucks, you know, sorry, sorry to hear that, you know, but like, it's, it just hit me at the wrong time. And it was just like, I would like you to just let me know who you're telling. So then I can be mentally aware and process when these people reach out to me, because every day is a battle <laughs> as I'm like newly diagnosed and I'm trying to find my new normal and I have good days and I have bad days. And I just want to like, hold that a little bit close, you know, like, I don't want to just to be like, I'm not at the stage yet. <laughs> I am now, but like, I'm not at the stage yet where I can just tell, talk about it without like crying or like, you know, having, you know, a, a reaction. So I just really would appreciate 
Love you, dad. Please don't talk about my condition unless you ask me if you can let the person know. And so he was very apologetic and he was just like, I am so sorry. Like, I didn't know. Like, I thought, you know, it was okay because it's family. And I'm like, you know, in theory, yes, it is. But like, I am balancing my emotions and, you know, I really would appreciate that courtesy. And so after that, he was just like, I'm so sorry. He was very apologetic. And even to this day, he's like, hey, I hadn't talked to such and such in a while. Can I let them know? And I'm like, yes, dad, of course. I mean, I wrote the book. <laughs> it's it's fair game now. But I still <laughs> appreciate that, like that I was able to have that very like adult conversation with them because, you know, it's like he's my dad. And like, you know, it was like a new level to our relationship um, where I had to like let him know, like, that's not cool. <laughs> Uh, but he was very receptive and I think the whole thing brought us closer and it helped him understand, you know, what I go through as a person living with MS. So, yeah. Um, not that you're dealing with this now too, but as an aside, a lot of people struggle with telling anyone that they had MS. So it was very, very brave of you to come out with this book. Why did you decide to write it? Well, there are many reasons. I think once people um, knew that I was the girl with MS, like people would just reach out to me, like friends, like, oh, like my friend's, you know, cousin is newly diagnosed. Like they don't know anyone with MS. Like, can you, would you mind talking to them? Uh, and of course I'd say yes, because I didn't have that. I didn't really know anyone. Um, and then, I mean, I later found out that my uncle's wife, my aunt through marriage has MS, but I didn't know that until I had had MS. And so it wasn't talked about. Um, and so I just wanted to just help people uh, who might not have resources like, you know, friends, relatives, family members uh, who are living with MS. So I just wanted to help people. And then also too, it was um, help. It helped me on my journey to like coming to grips with it. It was just like, all right, like, I'm just going to before I even knew that I was going to write a book, I would journal about it. And I just got to a point where I was like, I think people need to hear what what I've gone through so that they can learn and they can uh, have kind of like a guidebook to help them um, come to grips with their diagnosis as well. I love that. And so I think I showed you when we had our chat earlier, like, my book is all marked up. I got tons of notes and things in there. And I didn't have this when I was first diagnosed. I had the internet, um, which was helpful as mo many people who have been diagnosed have not had that resource. Um, but this is such a much more um, personal take on what the face of MS is um, that it made me feel more comfortable with myself as I read because I could relate oh, in such a big way. Thank you. So I appreciate you writing it. And if I know um, any newly diagnosed people through my journey, I will surely be handing them a copy. Oh, thank you. Um, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's pretty essential, no. honestly, um, because we get we take, you know, DMTs, the therapies to help reduce our um, inflammation in our body and so on and so forth. But this is filling your soul. This is, this is getting your mind right in a good sense. So um, it takes it one step further for sure. Cause it's about my whole person, not just um, my disease. Right. And 
Speaking of that, there's a lot of stigmas that can be um, centered around disability, autoimmune disease in general, never mind multiple sclerosis. So on the bottom of page 134, you talk about something that I can surely relate to, but I don't apologize for. So I'm going to read a little bit of this. (laughs) I park up front and step out like I own the place, often eliciting looks of confusion from those left wondering why this seemingly physically capable person is rocking the handicap placard. Now that I'm walking without my boot and AFO brace to the naked eye, I look healthy. But really on the inside, I'm a complex mishmash of good days and bad days, phantom twinges and pains, tingling and numbness all at the same time. So before um, I have you respond, I need to tell you a little story. So my favorite band is um, the Dave Matthews Band. If anybody knows me, they know that. It's proudly displayed on my car. Um, They fill my soul. So I um, was really worried when I got diagnosed that that's something that I wouldn't be able to do because all of the shows are outside um, for the most part, at least in Florida. And I was really worried that it would just take too much out of me. It would cause a relapse because they come in July and August and it's very hot. So um, when I got my placard, I thought, well, maybe this will be different because in the past, before I had the placard, you have to walk such a far distance from where you park to where the show is. And by the time you get to where the show is, it's dark outside. It's a little bit cooler. It's more relaxed. I can find a cup of water to hold in my hand. Um, But just that taking the walk was hindering me from thinking I'm going to enjoy myself. And when I rolled up with that placard man, they're like, go over here. And I'm driving, I'm driving. I'm like, I'm telling my friend, I'm like, we're getting so close. I can't believe this. This is like a lifesaver. And literally was able to like walk about 10 yards. And there was the front gate. It it makes such a difference for me um, with the heat. It's, it's pretty remarkable. So now that I've shared my little tidbits, um, please um, elaborate on what um, you shared in the book about your feelings about the placard. Yeah, so I, and I feel you on that. Like, it's like such a huge, you know, help, you know, when you are thinking like, it's just gonna, you know, MS is already hard enough and you you don't want it to take away from the things that you enjoy. So like, you have to think twice about things like that. Like, I want to see my favorite band, but ah, getting there, like, you know, so a handicap placard helps a lot with things like that. Even today, I just worked out with my trainer And I was depleted like after workout in a good way. But like, thank God I had the handicap placard because it was like literally right across uh, the street from where we worked out. So I didn't have to walk far, already exhausted, you know, and like, you know, so it's a game changer. People still to this day look at me like, uh, that's not yours. I've had people stop me just like I was at the post office parked in a handicap spot. And this guy is like, is that yours? I'm like, yeah. And he just like was waiting for more. And I was just like, yeah, it is. And then I just close the door, go up to the post office and come back. It's like, I don't owe you an explanation. You don't know what my body is going through. Like, and it's none of your business. So now I'm like, I challenge you. I dare someone to say something because I've gotten to a point where I'm just like, they don't need to know my life story. 
I've earned this. I I mean, earned is a weird way to say it, but like I have a reason to have this, and you're not the police. Like it it has nothing to do with you. So keep it moving onward. So yeah, before it, I was very apprehensive about using it, but now I'm just like, nope, gonna use it. It is the only perk about having MS yeah. is having that placard. So yeah. I, I, like you said, no apologies. I am using it proudly. Um, and I just, you need it. I need it. Yeah. So, um, and hopefully one day I won't need it to the point where it's because I'm, I'm incapable of walking. Um, but for now, it is a big help. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, I was wondering if you have any um, additional tips that you'd like to share with the listeners about what you may have learned. I know you just uh, mentioned that you're going to the gym and things mm-hmm. like that, um, the physical therapy and such. So um, any tidbits that um, we might be able to learn from you? Yes, there are so many. Uh, I'll try to keep it brief. I would say first, um, I write in the book that, you know, telling someone is really important. I know that people have their own opinions about that, but I know that I would not be able to function if I did not have the support of my family and friends and even my coworkers, uh, just knowing that I need their help. Um, and then, so just, you know, I would start by saying, just tell someone, just, just one person, just let them know. And that way, if you need help, if you are feeling down, if you are feeling like your health is, you know, on a downturn, you have the support. Um, I would say if you are able to, to just get active, um, you know, maintain a healthy lifestyle. I am now, now that I'm vaccinated, I'm able to work out with my personal trainer, uh, again, who I had worked with before the pandemic. I wanted to wait a little bit, um, to be extra cautious. And so, yeah, I work out with a trainer. I, you know, try to get active pretty much daily where there's just taking my dog on a longer walk. Um, it really, I really feel a difference with my MS symptoms when I am active. Um, I would say for me, uh, therapy has been a game changer. Just having someone to talk to about just the MS stuff, but then like just other stuff in general, MS or not, I think everyone should have a therapist just to like get things off their chest. And so my, uh, therapist now, she is amazing. Uh, she's my second uh, therapist and she's, I'm glad that I found her because the first one, you know, I write about it in the book. She wasn't as, we weren't as good as a match. So if, FYI, it might take a little bit of time for you to find someone who you really gel with. And when you have that person in your life, don't let go. Cause yeah, she is my doctor. My, uh, therapist is like the best thing since sliced bread. Um, and then I also have a wellness coach. Basically, do all the things, like get all the help you can get. If you have insurance, charge it up. Like if, you know, if it's in network, try it. And so I have a wellness coach um, who's a friend of a friend and she just keeps me on track with my personal uh, goals as well as my health goals. She's also a nutritionist. So I can ask her any questions like, you know, what's CMOS or like, what's, what's the deal with turmeric? Uh, and she'll tell me like, oh, you should take it in moderation. And like, it will really help with your uh, inflammation. And so, so do all that. I tried acupuncture. So just try all the things and see what works. Um, what else? Um, Ashley, what is CMOS? 
it's very nutrient rich. And so it comes in like a gel form and you can put it in smoothies. You can put it, you can just eat it. Um, and it's supposed to like really help boost your immune system and just like make you feel good. People report good things about Seamosh uh, gel. So that's just another tool that you can keep in your arsenal. Definitely turmeric. Um, and then just in general, just like take time to celebrate life. Like it's hard living with MS. You never know like when your next flare is going to happen. It could cause a lot of anxiety and depression. So I make it a point to laugh every day. I, you know, challenge myself like every, uh, well, I haven't because the past two ones, it's been during the pandemic, but on the, the anniversary of my diagnosis, the first time I uh, did trapeze. And so I just want to like feel alive, do like a little adventure. Like, so yeah, just look for moments to have, you know, adventure and like try new things and just like celebrate. And especially while you feel good, because we don't know when, you know, it, our turn, our health will take a turn. So I encourage people to just celebrate. If it means getting a little bit of frozen yogurt or treating yourself to like a new pair of shoes, celebrate, treat yourself. <laughs> I do want to ask too, you know, you named your book Jesus Year. Um, so you must have a very special relationship with him. Um, would you talk to us a little bit about yes. that? So I was raised Christian and I've loved Jesus since I was a kid. I got baptized at like 16. And so I, you know, was a follower of Christ essentially all my life. But I feel like it wasn't until I had this huge test of faith with like this whole condition that I really leaned into my relationship with God, Jesus. And so it's been tremendous. Like I, I can't do life without like having, you know, calling on God and like having my relationship with Jesus um, to get me through. And just even the words, like the, reading the Bible and just uh, repeating those scriptures over myself and like knowing that like, you know, God is in control and that he sees me and he knows like what I'm going through. But, you know, by his stripes, we are healed. Maybe not right now because I'm having a flare, but ultimately God is in control uh, and so, yeah, so that has been just crucial to me helping process my MS. How do you keep that? I know you said you talk to him and um, pray, but how do you keep that relationship going on a daily basis? So I, yeah, I pray daily every, um, I use the Bible app and so uh, the Version Bible app. And so I, I uh, do like different devotionals, different plans. And so I just want to make a point of like always getting into my Bible and just having a constant reminder of like who God is, who he says I am. And so that's just been crucial to like, just helping me have a relationship with him, just like reading the word daily, even if it's just like the verse of the day, if I'm running late and I slept in uh, and I'm running late because I have a work meeting or a work call, like I can just open the app and just read the verse of the day and that's it. And just pray and just ask him to like watch over me and my family and my health and all that stuff. It literally takes two minutes. And so I make it a point to, you know, pray throughout the day if something is challenging and, you know, I talk to him. I'm like, you know, like he's a person. He's like, you know, I can't see him, but I know he's real. And so, you know, I just, if something happens, I'm like, oh, like Jesus, like, please give me the strength 
to like not, you know, flip out on this person or like Jesus, like I see you. I thank you so much for, you know, blessing me. And so, yeah, just little things like that. I just keep them at the forefront of my mind. At least I try to um, every day. I do have a relationship with God. And when I was diagnosed with MS, um, I started doing these gratitude prayers before bed every night. So even if it was just like, um, thank you for getting me home safely. I live in Orlando. The traffic is nutty. Um, And so I just would be like, I'm so grateful for, you know, getting home safely. Um, And so something as small as that, right? And recognizing that, um, you know, this is a big world and there's a lot of things going on. But I can recognize that I'm home in my bed where other people might not be tonight. Right. Right. Yes. So um, it set me on a path of, you know, recognizing smaller things, being super grateful for every little thing that comes my way. um, Whereas I a lot of times would look at what I don't have before. Mm -hmm. So um, thank you for the ability to walk every day. Things like that. really powerful mantra um, and thought process for me at the end of every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for sharing that with us. And um, it's just, it's not, um, it's prevalent in the book. Um, and it just kept making me think about that as I read. And um, again, grateful to have that relationship for sure. Yes, for sure. And yes, I, I talk about it in the book. I keep a blessing star of just like, you know, good things that have happened to me. I just write it down and I have a, like a literal jar. And so I just put it and then I made it a tradition, like at the end of every year, uh, you know, on New Year's Eve or the New Year's Day, I look, I open up all my blessings and read them and just like, you know, have gratitude and thank God for bringing me through another year. So that's something that I, I do, you know, as often as I can, probably could do it more often, but, you know, an attitude of gratitude has, has gotten me through, so... Love that attitude of gratitude. That's very amazing because we don't have to necessarily go to a single entity or person for that. We can manifest that within ourselves. So super powerful thoughts. Thank you for that so much. Um, I do want to ask you a couple of fun things if you're, if you're down. Yes, I love fun. <laughs> okay, fabulous, fabulous. Let me get my little list here of my um, rapid fire questions. So um, what is your favorite way to build community? You know, say what you want about social media, but definitely social media has been a game changer and just uniting me with other people living with MS. So just search the hashtags, this is MS or MS Warrior. Um, MS strong and you will just find people who are like living life and you know thriving uh, with MS and so I've been able to just form connections and reach out to people um, just or thanking you know thanking them for sharing their story or just like letting them know that I see you uh, I'm praying for you uh, when they get a bad report Um, so yeah that has been really helpful in me building community social media. Wonderful. I love that. Um, I'm using that same methodology. Um, and it's, I'm just meeting so many amazing people like you. Oh, um, so I'm, I'm blessed like with that. Um, so thank you for sharing. Okay. So what do you do to have your best day? What does that look like for you? 
Well, hopefully the night before, I prob- I hopefully would have gotten a good amount of rest, <laughs> taken like at least, you know, seven hours, gotten seven hours of sleep. Um, wake up, you know, thank God, do a little bit of reading in my Bible or like a my devotional. Um, watch some YouTube videos. Me and my boyfriend <laughs> love watching YouTube videos. He He's really good about being like, all right. The next five minutes, we're going to sit here and we're going to watch this video and it'll be like some comedian or some random sketch. So I definitely start my day off with laughter um, and just, you know, enjoying, enjoying it. You know, like if, if I have to work, finding the joy in the work and finding the gratitude in the work, um, eating good food, that, that makes me happy. <laughs> uh, walking, cuddling with my fur baby, Riley. Um, I would have her in here, but she's a little rambunctious and she'd be running across <laughs> across my lap. Uh, but yeah, doing things like that, just like enjoying, feeling present. Yeah. Yeah, knowing that you're alive and experiencing things. And I think that um, for me too, um, as you said, laughter, I need it every day. Yes. And if I don't enjoy what I'm doing, um, it, it doesn't fill me the same way as if I'm I'm enjoying myself and having that outward laughter. I find it super, super therapeutic. Yes, for sure. So, uh, Ashley, tell us where people can find you, because I know they're going to want to reach out to you for so many different reasons. Um, you're just when I found you, um, I just thought this woman is seriously thriving because you are not someone that just sits and lets things come to you. You take the opportunities as they come. And you that's just a powerful lady to me. Um, And, you know, thriving, uh, and I say this every week, thriving is something that's defined per person. It's different for each person, right? Today, um, someone could be thriving because they're able to take a full shower, right? I mean, for serious. And Mm -hmm. Um, we need to recognize that in each other that and celebrate those differences because once we are aware of them, I think we grow from that. Yes, absolutely. A lot. Yes. So where can people find you? Yes. So I have uh, a lifestyle blog. It's called Ashley Adores. So AshleyAdores.com. I have, you know, outfits of the day and just, you know, adventures when I'm out and about. Uh, and then also Ashley, the author is where you can find my book, Jesus Year, um, and a little bit more about me, uh, all the books that are purchased through my website, I've been uh, signing. So if you want to sign copy, be sure to do that. Um, Jesus Here is also available on Amazon.com, as well as Barnes and Noble. Um, If you're local to LA, uh, in Pasadena, Roman's Bookstore, uh, I have my book on the shelf there in the inspiration section. So head there. Um, and then on social media, um, I mainly use Instagram and it's at Ashley Adores. Wonderful. Lots of different opportunities to get involved with Ashley and learn more from her, um, which, you know, I, I want to. So we're going to keep in touch, Ashley, sure. and um, hopefully you'll come back on the show yes, so we can to. have some updates. Yes, this is That fun. would be great. Yeah. Yay. I'm so glad to hear that. Um, I want to take us out with um, when I read this part of the book, I was like, are you kidding me? She wrote this in there. This is so great. <laughs> um, and it, it filled me up. So I appreciate you. Thank um, you. So on page 57, um, you wrote... The test of health challenges has become my testimony. 
I write this book from the position of someone who is surviving and thriving. And I just, um, I, I love that, obviously, because that's the name of our podcast, right? Um, but that's not why we're here. I'm not here to just survive this. I'm here to thrive. And like we were saying, that happens in our own way. Yes. So this is one testimony of what thriving means to you. So hopefully we'll be hearing from lots of listeners and viewers that will share with both of us um, what thriving looks like to them. Yes, I'd love to hear it. Yes. So Ashley, I want to thank you one more time for being with us today and letting us hear your story. Thanks so much for having me, Edie. This was fantastic. Let's do it again. (laughs) You're on. You're on. I'll see you soon. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast. If you would like to join our growing community of thrivers, there are a lot of ways to do so. Find us on Instagram at Thriving Over Surviving Podcast. Our Facebook group has the same name. Although I am a doctor, my expertise is in educational leadership and not in medicine. The information provided on this show is for community building purposes and not meant to provide medical advice. Should you have medical questions that you need answered, please consult your medical professional. We'll see you next time as we chat it up on another episode of Thriving Over Surviving Podcast.